Thank you very much. I want to say, um, you know, Pastor John made reference to the fact that we are searching for a worship arts pastor, and we would appreciate your prayers on that. But I am so grateful for Jeremy, Paul, Wayne, Joseph, who are leading us in worship each and every week. And he walked off the platform, but Jeremy is engaged, just got engaged recently to Camrys Clark, and we're excited about that. So... Camrys is over there going, oh, no, don't make me stand up. Hi, Camrys. See you over there. <laughs> hey, um, it's exciting to be a part of the family of God. And this morning, this is our first um, R Group Sunday. I'm Pastor Tim, and I oversee the R Groups, which is why I'm up here this morning. And we really believe that small groups are the heart of discipleship, and I'll say more about that in just a moment, but I would like to just give you a, a few brief things about our, our group. Pastor John already mentioned it. The number one question he, he answered, and that is, what does the R&R group stand for? It stands for the three R's, as he has already told you, and I want to say it again. We live to inspire Christ's likeness by reaching out, first R, raising up, second R, and reverencing Christ together, the third R. So it reminds us of what we're, what we're, what we're working to accomplish through our vision statement. I personally like the phonetics of it and envisioned when we first did it that, that the R would be used to say, would you join our group? Contrary to what you might think, it's not a pirate name. Join our group. Currently, you may not know that our, our groups are very, are flourishing and, and actually in our small group ministry, primarily we have our R groups, which are our, is our adult ministry groups, and we have about 16 R groups with close to 300 people in those groups. Our student ministries also has a small group ministry called Grow Groups, and there's roughly 12 groups in our student ministries and close to 100 in there, in those groups. So uh, we, think our, we think small groups are very important. We hope to inspire you in that today, which brings me to the purpose of this service today. I'd like to just let you know that we really are trying to accomplish three things here this morning, because you might be saying, why are we having a small group service? Well, first and foremost, we want to do what we do on every at every worship service, we want to worship the Lord together, and we also want to grow in our relationship with Christ. So we're going to encourage you through some, um, and maybe challenge you through some passages today. Uh, we also, as has already been said, we, we really want to encourage those of you that aren't in our groups to at least consider getting into a group. We think they're very important, and we'd ask you to consider that. Um, and um, I want to note that uh, John made re Pastor John made reference to it, that our, our group leaders have these green name tags on. If you'd like to talk to one of them and ask them some questions about our groups, they will actually be up here at the end of the service. Um, of course, you can talk to others that are in groups. And uh, if you would, if by the end of this day, you maybe want to, you're inspired to join a group, you can do it very easily by filling out one of these um, forms that's in the bulletin and handing it to myself or one of the ushers or, and they'll get them to us. Or you can also even get into an R group online through our website site at www.gccvicelia.org. And actually, if you just type in the search engine, Grace Community of Visalia, make sure you put of Visalia, you'll see our, our website. The, the third thing we want to try to accomplish here this morning is we want to try to inspire us all to the importance of community, the importance of being together. 
You know, it's easy to forget in this very individualistic world, it's, it's easy to forget that we aren't in this walk with Christ alone. We are in it together, and we need one another, and um, so we're going to have the opportunity for you to hear a few testimonies this morning about how, how the community of Christ is important to um, these individuals. I would like to start by... Um, sharing a passage with you and saying a few things about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 to 3. If you have your Bibles, you might want to open to that. Uh, there's so much that could be said about this passage. I'm just going to highlight a few things. So let's read it together. And let me point out right off the top, it says brothers, which is a reference to believers. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit who wrote this book, says is speaking to believers. He says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. He isn't saying that they are worldly. He says they're acting worldly. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men? This passage is, is all about discipleship and growing in one's relationship with the Lord. Um, uh, words that might be familiar to you when we talk about growing in our relationship with the Lord is maturity and immaturity. This text is all about, is all about believers that should be mature but they are still immature. They are being encouraged or challenged to mature out of their immaturity. And the apostle uses a lot of metaphors, which I'll point out to you in just a minute to make his point. But I do want to make a quick side point, and that is this. I think when we think of maturity and immaturity, we have a tendency to think that that is related to age. It is not necessarily related to age. I have known and we know sometimes of people that are very, very, are older but are, and have been longtime believers but are still very immature in their faith. And the apostle is trying to address just this and say, you need to be mature. He uses some metaphors. He, he, calls, he calls these believers infants in Christ. Infants in, in Christ. He's saying they're like babies that need to be developed, that need to be helped. The evidence of immaturity, or if I could say maybe being a baby in the Lord, is um, that the evidence is that they quarrel. These, these, these believers who should be mature are known for quarreling. Immature believers tend to be controlled by the world. Immature believers tend to be controlled by their own desires, kind of like a child is. It's, it's contrary to the Word of God, by the way. Jesus himself said, if anyone would come after me, he must, deny him, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. A mature believer is more concerned about other people than themselves. Jesus says that the immature, that they are jealous, and they quarrel, and they are worldly. They are like undisciplined, selfish children. Now, he goes on and he uses some other metaphors to drive this home. He uses milk and solid food. 
He says, I still give you milk because you're not ready for solid food. You find the same language in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, that says, in fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers, you ought to be someone who is no longer needs to be fed, but is feeding others. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. And the goal of child rearing is very easy for us to understand. The goal of child rearing is to raise children up or feed them so that they can then feed themselves and then feed others, grow them up to maturity, if you will. How is that accomplished? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But one thing I would say is that we need the help of the Lord, obviously, but also the family of God. Much like children need parents to feed them, we need help from God and from God's church. We need help to grow. And so we're going to have a few folks share with you now um, how this is working out in their lives. Good morning, brothers. There's a very Jared Irvine ring to it. Um, I'm Zachary Cardoza. This is my wife, Nikki. And uh, we will have been married 10 years this July. We have two daughters, Ellie, age five, and Caitlin, age two. We joined our first small group when we were living in Fresno. Um, they kind of acted as our family as we were living away from our family here. Um, they, uh, the wisdom the other members help, uh, excuse me, the wisdom of the other members helps me greatly in my early years as a Christian and they held our hands through the struggles of early marriage and starting a family. We were sad to leave them when we returned to Tulare a bit over four years ago, but the first thing we did here was become part of the R group led by Kevin and Karen Saltzman. Um, so joining the R group when we came back to town um, immediately made us feel like we were at home again. Um, and very shortly after starting the R group, within a couple months, my mom was diagnosed with cancer and then ultimately went home to be with the Lord um, just over two years later. Um, our group was there praying for us, encouraging us, and just supporting us as we went through that whole journey. Um, also during that time, we became pregnant with our youngest daughter, and so we got a lot of support and love through them. And I will say, when we joined our small group, the Saltzman group had been known to have boys born in that group every time someone got pregnant. And so we thought, okay, this is the good vibes. We will have the fifth grandchild will not be a girl, unlike the rest, but that did not happen. But we still love our small group, and we love our little girl. Um, but the group hasn't just been there um, for prayer and support. It's also obviously a lot of fun. Um, we get to just go through life together. Um, when we're together, we always, you know, we have fun doing barbecues and swim parties and just holiday parties and helping each other move houses, which has happened a few times. Um, but more than anything, I just enjoy as a young mom getting to watch my little ones be around other Christian families and other little kids growing up together. And our groups has always been a priority in our life. The Lord has blessed and grown us through our group. We've witnessed members of our group open up and embrace their walk with the Lord. And we were made fully aware of how the Lord intends the church to be. If you're not a member of an R group, we would encourage you to make it a priority in your life to be part of one. Good morning. 
-hmm. I am Andy James. This is my husband, Jack. And we um, are in John and Shelley's, our group, meet Tuesday nights each 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 week. So we have actually been at Grace Community for 25 years. We started out in a home Bible study before there were our groups. We were raising small children and we would go and meet and we have, we met some great people, got really plugged in, but children grow, life gets busy, and we decided we didn't have time for our home Bible study. So um, between the kids' events, sporting, coaching, we thought the kids are all being met. They're in grow groups. They're in you know, wanna, they were good, we were good, well, a little like hindsight analysis, no, we really needed that. So about three years ago, we were asked, hey, you guys really need to be in our group. So we really thought, you know what, we really need to get plugged back in. Um, we, uh, we, we were involved, I kind of said this, but we were involved in different ministries as well, Jack and I were, and we always thought that our needs were being met there, and we would come to church every single Sunday. So we felt like, okay, we're here, we're good but it wasn't enough. So one of the points, John has already given you some great insight into our group, and I, I hope to build on that. Um, when we join the group that we're in, uh, a lot of the people that we meet with have been friends for 25 years. But one of the things that has changed as a result of this group is becoming much deeper in our friendships. We vacation together. We've um, fellowship together. Um, we've dealt with um, meals when we've had deaths or cancer or so many different things. And it's been an opportunity for us to really build on friendships that we've already had, but got much deeper, grown in our faith, hopefully helped others grow in their faith. Um, and it's just been very, very, very rewarding for us on that front. Um, we almost totally as a group um, went to the last marriage retreat together and enjoyed it so much that kind of organized our own last year. And, uh, Hope to do that on the off years as time continues. Uh, one of the neat things that we do experience in our group is when we get together and discuss the lesson, discuss the sermon from the previous week, we get to talk to the guy that, that gave the lesson. And so that, that's really exciting for us. And John gets to share with us some of the things that, that he was really trying to emphasize. And we get to share with him, yeah, we understood that very well. Or, oh, now I understand it better as a result of you explaining it more. But, it, but, but and, and, and of course, that's funny. But as that's being said, I've discussed this with other people that are in different R groups. And even though they're not meeting with John, they're having that same experience of having others being able to, to understand the lesson at a, at a level that they can really leave that group excited about some of the teaching that's been involved there. So um, we've had a great growth of faith, a great growth of friendships and opportunity to meet together. And we really, really wish we had not gone away for those years that we did. And so if you're not in a group, I hope that you find someone that, that um, you can join with. And those of us that are in groups, I think we should be open to inviting whoever we know and, and uh, is willing to join. So we thank you for your time and uh, amen. <laughs>Um, you know, we talk a lot as a leadership community, pastoral staff, elders, deacons, and, and about how do, you, how do you disciple people? How do you help people to grow? How does one, how does one take, that's way where I don't need to be, but they'll get to it. How does one take the I am out of immature 
How do we help people to become mature when they are immature? How do we get them to the point where they can be fed to feeding themselves? How do we get to them to the point where they can be from selfish to selfless or from quarrelsome, undisciplined to someone who is wise, considering the feelings and well-being of others, from one who promotes their own kingdom to one who promotes the kingdom of God? We talk about it a lot. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Obviously, we need the word of God, but the scriptures encourage us that it is possible to know the word of God without doing the word of God. And the word that, that what is said there is that if you know the word and you don't do the word, you are deceived. Deceived by definition, when you are deceived, you don't know it. This is why it's so important to have to have other people. We believe that that happens in our R groups. The, the vision statement for our R groups is they are devoted to the purpose of discipling people to be doers of the word. The question is, how do you do that? And I want to share with you what I call our delivery system. I'm actually going to change that from thinking about it this morning. We should just call it our discipleship system, I guess, but we have kind of a three-tiered way that we try to help people to grow in their relationship with Christ, and obviously our groups are part of it, but there's other aspects to it as well. It's, it's developed off of Acts 5.42, which says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. So the first step in discipleship um, is referred to as the temple courts. We would, in our modern day context, would say that that is our worship services where we gather together on Sunday morning to preach and teach the Word of God, to worship together. And um, the Scripture says that day after day in the temple courts, they never stopped teaching and preaching. We often quote Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, which says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now hear this. I know you've heard it, but listen very carefully. Let us not get into the habit. Let us not get out of the habit of... of, of <laughs> Let us not give up meeting together. Sorry, my brain got a little messed up. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of approaching. In our modern society, we are told that we are very socially connected because we have social media. I have found, in my opinion, that we are more socially disconnected than we have ever been before, although social media has a place. For example, it's wonderful when someone can't be at church on Sunday to be able to listen to the sermon on the web. But that shouldn't be the rule. This is where we, we fall into a little bit of a trap. We think if we just listen to the sermon on the web, we're going to be okay. There, there's just something that it's hard for me to even say, but it's, there's just nothing like being in the room with people, and there's so much more that goes on. And so we need to re realize that we need to be here. And so often people fall into this trap in a variety of ways. 
For example, on Sunday morning, they'll do things like they'll, they'll maybe serve in the children's department. Great. They'll serve in youth. Great. Or they might do other things on Sunday morning. Then they'll go to a class and then reason by, they'll go to a class, then reason they don't need to be in the service because they can listen to the sermon on the web. I just want you to know that's, that's you're, you're missing something. Something is lost when, you, when, you, when a person does that. And I understand that when we get up here and we talk about these things that people, you might disagree with me, but listen, it's pretty clear in Scripture that we are not to give up meeting together. Now, I understand also we do these rational kind of games in our head where we say, well, we are meeting together. I'm, I'm serving over there and I'm, I'm in a class and we're meeting with those people. It's not the same, folks. I'm just, I'm telling you, it's very important to be here in the worship services each and every week. We forget the dynamics of the body and how it functions. We forget that 1 Corinthians 12 says we are a body not made up of individual parts, which is so often how we live in this world today. We are a part of something greater than ourselves. We forget that the, that the parts all interact together. Um, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 14, the body's not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am a hand, I do not belong to the body, and then it goes on, you're probably familiar with the passage. We need to be very careful not to get isolated, which by the way is a, is a tool of the evil one. So it is very, very important that we are in the worship services, and I will say this to drive it home just a little further, God's people should not be cherry pickers. Do you know what a cherry picker is? A cherry picker is a phrase that refers to going out and just trying to pick the best of everything and pick whatever you want so you get what you think you need. And listen, we need to be, we need to be careful with that. We need to be in the worship services on Sunday morning. The second step in the delivery system or the discipleship system is house to house. The scripture says day after day they met in the temple's courts and from house to house. And in house, from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. And so this whole idea of house to house, um, we would apply that to our modern day context as that is in our small groups, our R groups, a place where people can enter into intimate, safe relationships with God and with other people. We need safe places where we can grow, where we can have accountability and care and encouragement. We need small group communities. And you can't get that completely anywhere else except in that kind of a closed um, system. Now, by the way, I should say, people can be added to the group, but, but from week to week, we don't just add people kind of willy-nilly, if you will. There's a system to put people into group because when someone comes to a group, if they wanna share something that's very um, personal to them, they need to know that they can trust the people that are gonna be there. If you haven't been in our group, we would consider you to be in one, or at least, at least take the opportunity today to maybe talk with an R group leader. They will be up here at the end of services, or maybe to talk to others that you know that are in groups. Now, let me say one quick thing before I move to the, to the third step in the delivery system, and that is this, that people read this 1 Corinthians passage, which talks about you know, being fed to the point that you can feed yourself, and they miss the third aspect of that. The point of being fed and, health and growing 
is to grow to the point where you can, yes, feed yourself, but also so that you can feed others. And sometimes folks will say something like this, I don't need to be in a group. I'm okay, I can take care of myself. Uh, that's probably true. But what we forget is you may not need the group, but other people need you. If, if, all, the, if all our mature people didn't go into our groups, how would, how would the people that need the, the wisdom from other folks, where would, that, where would they get that? So you may not need to be in a group, but someone may need you to be in that group. And so we would encourage you to consider that. The third step in the, in the delivery or discipleship system is what we call specialty groups. And specialty groups would be like, you know, women's enrichment classes, Bible studies, ABFs, ironworks, electives. It could be student ministry. Um, it could be satellite on Thursday night. Um, and these, there's all kinds of these studies, if you will, and groups. And we call them specialty groups. And, and they are good. We need them. We do need those, but I want you to understand that they are a little bit different. They are not equal to the small groups, and the reason they're not equal is because they're open. People can come in and out, so you, you don't necessarily have that intimate, safe place all the time where you can share. Some might be okay with that, but some may not, and so these groups are important, but we really really want to emphasize the importance of small groups. And we're going to see a video testimony here um, about our groups, and then we'll have another live testimony. Hi, my name is Richard Leinbach. This is my wife, Sherry. I'm the person who talks a lot, so she probably won't say anything, so... <laughs> She's bashful. Um, we're here to talk about our experiences with the R group. You know, years ago, we were one of the first people to go through the training to become R group leaders, which was phenomenal. And uh, we had our own R group and my business changed, so I had to drop it and stayed part of the same R group. But we're here to talk a little bit about R groups and we could talk for a long, long time. Being part of an R group for over, over 20 years, uh, it's been magnificent. We have have fellows and ladies and gentlemen that support us each and every day. Uh, recently, I was diagnosed with cancer last February. And since then, our, our group has supported us unbelievably with prayer, with support, with knowledge and peace and communications. I can tell you one thing. During the groups that we have, the camaraderie lasts longer than the lesson. When we first started this, the, you know, it was, it was going to be start at 6.30, finish at 7.30, have a cup of coffee, everybody's on their way home by 8 o'clock. Now we start at 6. We start, we, we begin at 6, the meeting begins at 7, is over at 8, we have coffee till 9. These, these things are phenomenal that we have together, the camaraderie and the help. And I cannot overemphasize the support that we've been through. Uh, since my announcement, the prayers file in by the, by, the, by the hour. I get phone calls, we have support and everything else. But the most important thing happened to us just a few weeks ago. We're sitting here with nothing to do. In fact, the R group before Christmas before the week of Christmas said, we're going to cancel the R group because everybody's so busy and trying to get caught up. So we were at home here and 
all of a sudden, knock, knock, knock on the door. And here's our whole R group out in front of our house singing Christmas carols. For about 20 minutes, they sang Christmas carols. And we all wore, you know, they, they brought us tinkling lights and all the other toilet things and shared with us so much love. This is what our groups are about. So I would say if you're not part of our group today, become one. It is so fulfilling, so wonderful. And may God bless all of you. Thank you. Good morning, uh, my name is Brent and this is my wife, Christy. Uh, we moved to Visalia about a year and a half ago. Uh, for the year before that, uh, I was in job transition and we interviewed in several cities across the country and I would often get a question like, how are you and your family going to assimilate into this community? Part of my answer would always be, we'll find a good church. Uh, when we came to Grace Community, it was the first church we uh, chose to visit. It was mostly because we saw a very strong youth program. We didn't know anything about our groups or know what an R group was. Uh, when we joined Tim Allen's uh, Tuesday evening R group, we made friends. Uh, we had many of the same experiences in just a year that the other testimonies have brought out uh, today. But quite simply, we just found uh, an adventure and experience in God and his ministry in a new way. So I was pretty nervous about joining the R group, very uncertain about it, kind of like I feel um, being asked to speak in front of a large group of people. And I remember when we first got here, my son was really nervous about going to a swim and study because he was new and he didn't know anybody. And I said, you'll go. It will be good for you. So then when we got asked to be part of our R group, I went, oh, I'll go. It will be good for me. And it has been good. We've had good friends and, and good friends fellowship, good food, good fun, but it's really been a great fortifier of my faith. And, and it works kind of like this. On Sunday morning when pastor brings the awesome and the Holy Spirit brings that nudging, it's my job to bring that application into my life. And so when we go to our group, we kind of start digging into what does that look like to apply this to our lives? And what blows me away is like there's been one God, right, and one message, and yet He's meeting us in so many different ways. It's like, it doesn't matter what size our faith is, what matters is that we've invested in a really big God. And he is faithful, and we get to see that as we begin to share in our, our groups about how God is meeting each of us, and it's just been a real fortifier of my faith. You know, I want to make a point that I didn't make in the first service, but it just hit me through this second service. And, you know, I've been a believer for quite a few years now. I've studied the Word of God for the better part of my adult life. Um, and many of you have been believers for a long time. You're very mature in your faith. But I want you to know that even as mature believers, we still need, we still need the interaction of the community of Christ. Even mature believers need to sometimes be confronted and held accountable and encouraged. So whether you are an, an immature or a mature believer, the, 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 we just can't even tell you how important these small group communities are. I have always been from the first, the, when, when, when Margie and I gave our lives to the Lord, um, we were encouraged to get into a small group and I would just say that's, 
That's, that's one of the primary ways that has helped us to grow. So we hope we have inspired you in that. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I will pray here in a moment. I, I do want to say that I am very thankful for our senior pastor that gives us the freedom to do things like this. Um, you know, that's rare, and, um, and I hope you have been inspired this morning. He will be back next week to preach again, but I'm very thankful for him allowing us to highlight this because he understands the importance of it um, so much. And as I pray, uh, we have asked our, our group leaders that are in this service, they will be up front. We will still ask elders and deacons and their wives to come up front that are here. If you'd like to talk to someone about an R group, you can see their name tags, which says R group leader, or maybe you want, maybe you need someone to pray with you. They would certainly love to pray with you, or if there's anything else you need to, to talk about, we, we are here for you. So let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for this day. Uh, thank you for, Lord, it, it's, it's just encouraging to hear the testimony of other believers, and, and um, it encourages us. It, it maybe challenges us in some ways, but we are grateful, Lord. We are grateful that you are in our lives. We are grateful for this wonderful church that you have brought us to, wonderful churches all over the nation and the world, but we're, we're just so thankful to, to have Grace Community Church. Um, to help us to grow in our relationship with you and with other people. So thank you, Lord, for that. And um, help us, Lord, as we go from this place today to honor you and all that we do and say and maybe even give us the opportunity to share with someone about, about Jesus. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.